you or anyone you love has had a cancer diagnosis, then you know how stressful it is. Having gone through this in my family, I know those first days after diagnosis are really challenging because you wonder what's going to happen now. When is treatment going to begin? How can we tackle this? And any delay in getting treatment underway is just, you know, to me, absolutely unacceptable. So hearing those stories from cancer patients recently about how long it was taking to get diagnosis or treatment has been just too much. It's been just too much to hear those. The provincial government has now announced, though, a $440 million cancer action plan. So can we stop these stories from happening? Well, Health Minister Adrian Dix is with us now for more on that. Good morning. Good morning, Simi. Now, first off, let's hear the details of this plan. What does it entail? Well, it focuses uh, first on prevention and detection. In other words, uh, supporting, uh, supporting a series of measures that will stop people from getting cancer, protect people from various forms of cancer. Secondly, increase in treatment. So that means extending hours in the immediate term and and several immediate actions to improve cancer care, but also over the next 10 years, because that diagnosis that you just spoke of, that my family has has dealt with and is dealing with as well, is of course a stressful thing, but we know there's going to be twice as many people over 75 in the next 10 years. There's going to be dramatically more age-related cancer, which is a significant portion of cancer in our province. And so we have to take action to prepare for it. Thirdly, it's to innovate, of course, and to invest in research and support. This also helps us attract the clinicians we need because most of our clinicians, a huge part of our cancer clinicians, are also cancer researchers. So this allows us to attract more people. All of these are actions we're taking in the immediate and then over the next 10 years to address issues uh, issues uh, that people with a cancer diagnosis are dealing with and to, uh, and to deal with what we see before us, which is a significant increase in cancer, not just because um, uh, of increasing population, but because, of course, many of the people being treated with cancer now have much better survival prospects. BC leads in survival prospects, us in Alberta, in the country. And that means ongoing treatment over a period of time, something that maybe a generation or two ago we didn't see. And I remember hearing that at the cancer center where they said to you, listen, we're going to get this, but you're going to be back here. Uh, eventually, in a few years, and we're going to get it that time too. So that almost feels like a whole new system, doesn't it? Well, it, it does, but it's it's of course you know um, in case of my mom, she had a major cancer surgery in the late 1990s. She's still alive today, and she had two major surgeries, right? And she survived that because of extraordinary actions of doctors in the cancer center, and because of early diagnosis. And primary care is very important in this important for early diagnosis. It's why we're doing, for example, lung cancer screening for the first time ever. We're leading the country in that to get earlier diagnoses, which means better outcomes. And I'm still dealing with issues around cancer today. But of course, the what's happened in the meantime, that 25 years of life, it's, it's of incalculable value. So BC used to be a leading cancer care center. Do you think we can get back there with these changes? Uh, th- that is absolutely our plan. I mean, we're in terms of outcomes, we're still leading. We're second in the country. But I think uh, all jurisdictions are facing a significant increase in demand, and that's what we've seen in the last uh, six to nine months. We're doing more cancer care 
more screenings, more uh, surgeries, etc. But demand has increased significantly. So we have to meet that demand, but we also have to improve the level of care, improve outcomes. And so we're focused on both things in this plan. And really at the heart of that is patients providing support for patients and all, all patients, those who need immediate responses, those who need immediate responses and support in the long term. And what about people who live outside kind of a major center where it's easier for them to access treatment? People who live in those smaller communities, that is tough. That's right. We have about uh, 41 community oncology network uh, centers across the province. But sometimes, even then, people need to travel to those centers. We have regional centers. So what are we doing? One, we're adding new regional centers. The new Surrey Hospital will have a cancer center, which is significant for our fastest-growing region, which is the Fraser Health Authority. Uh, the Burnaby, cancer, uh, Burnaby Hospital Project will have the same. Again, our fast-growing region, which is in Fraser Health new centers in Kamloops and Nanaimo, an expansion of our broader network around the province. And you saw in the plan on Friday, increased supports for travel for uh, for patients living with cancer and dealing and traveling to get care, which sometimes is still necessary. Two of the most significant things we've done in the last number of years for many cancer patients in BC are the new PET-CT scanners in Kelowna and Victoria, which we have put in place and funded and supported. And people come up to me all the time when I'm in Victoria and they tell me what a difference that makes, not having to travel to Vancouver, for example, for that scan with all the stress associated with it. So that bringing cancer care closer to communities is both a key part of the plan, but really a key part of what we've tried to do over the last five years. Have you set goals for this plan as well? Like, for instance, are there going to be benchmarks for how long a person should be waiting to see an oncologist? Well, there are benchmarks, and of course, we have to meet those benchmarks, and that's our, and that's that's key to the plan. But in addition to that, there's uh, there's the there's the prevention aspect of this, the elimination of cervical cancer in our province as part of the 10-year plan, increasing access to programs like screening programs. Uh, the building out of our lung cancer screening program, already thousands of people have, have gone through that, but also the expansion of our hereditary cancer program. All of those things see earlier diagnosis, and we need to meet benchmarks for those. And also, uh, in addition to that, I think the ma- very significant increase in research here is important to recruit the oncologists we need, specialists we need, the technologists we need to ensure that as the number of people diagnosed with cancer uh, increases over the next 10 years, which it's going to do, that we have the staff there ready to serve them. Do you think we can actually eliminate cervical cancer? I absolutely do. It's absolutely before us, not just here in BC, but in the world. Absolutely in our in our hands to do that through vaccination, through other sports and screening, but absolutely it's within our uh, hands to do. And, and uh, I think, and I think most people in BC think, that uh, we should proceed with everything we have to make sure that that happens. Okay, so are a lot of these changes, are they effective immediately? I know oncologists are going to get a raise too. Is all that immediate? Uh, yes, in terms of some of those raises that assist in recruitment, we have to be competitive with other jurisdictions, and uh, that was a key part of our uh, our master agreement with doctors. So yes, those things are happening. You remember in primary care, we put that in place. About almost 2,000 doctors now have signed on to that plan. Primary care doctors, it's almost 50%, which is the most significant change in primary care, which is very important for cancer care. 
you know, in case of my family, it was early diagnosis that yeah. led to the results I spoke to. So those, that part's really important. So those changes are going in place right away. We're working with the BC Can- Cancer Foundation to support those recruitment efforts as well. They'll play a key role. The money is going into research right away. And we're taking specific actions now to deal with some of the challenges we're facing in the immediate. For example, uh, there there was um, an issue around uh, surgeries uh, for gynecological surgeons uh, for cancer, and we've recently significantly added hours in the last few months to address that. So we have to take actions in the immediate, but also we need to build out for the next 10 years. Listen, thank you so much for talking to us about it this morning. Hey, right on. Anytime, Sydney. Appreciate that. That's Adrian Dix, BC's health minister, talking about improvements to cancer care that honestly cannot come soon enough. We shouldn't have even one story of a patient waiting too long to get treatment in this province. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.